On episode 11 of the Books Travel Life podcast, I'll discuss the seven habits of highly effective teens by Stephen Covey. I'll discuss a trip I took to Paducah, Kentucky a few years back, and I will discuss coffee, one of my favorite morning beverages, although I didn't like coffee till about two years ago, so we'll talk about that and more on today's show. Welcome to the book segment of the Books Travel Life podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wrinkle. I'm going to talk about Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. About 20 years ago, I picked up The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and read it for the first time. What an amazing, transforming book. And if only I'd had those messages as a teenager. And then as time passed, uh, he wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. So I thought it'd be interesting maybe just to go through each one of those habits and discuss those just a little bit on the podcast today. Habit number one, be proactive. I am free to choose and am responsible for my choices. Being proactive is something that it's very difficult even as an adult to be proactive in a lot of situations. But as a teen, it's even more crucial that our behavior and our actions are a result of our choices, not our conditions. So to be proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Mental creation precedes physical creation. So Covey discusses this, that all things are created twice. We create them first in our minds, and then we bring them to a physical reality. So being able to plan and to, again, begin and create within the mind before we actually physically create these objects. So habit number three, Put first things first. The principle with that one is effectiveness requires the integrity to act on your priorities. Time management is very crucial and key for personal management. Once we learn to manage our time and understand that managing time usually correlates to what our priorities are. So putting things first, putting first things first. The fourth habit, think win-win. The principle with this one, it says, effective long-term relationships require mutual respect and mutual benefit. A pretty um, common thing or common sense uh, principle there that basically treat others like you want to be treated and the mutual respect and the mutual benefit. We should try to, in all our relationships, make it a win-win for everyone, not just a win for ourselves. The fifth habit, seek first to understand, then to be understood. To communicate effectively, we must first understand each other. Understanding each other should be paramount. Uh, The real key to influence is our conduct. Your private performance must square with your public performance. So who you are behind closed doors should be who you are in public. Habit number six, synergize. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We're all better together. Synergy means the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The relationship which the parts have to to each other is a part in, in and of itself, the most empowering, unifying, and exciting part. The essence of synergy is to value differences, to respect them, to build on our strengths, and to compensate for weaknesses. Habit number seven. Sharpen the saw. To maintain and increase effectiveness, we must renew ourselves in body, heart, mind, and spirit. Always be trying to grow. Always be trying to learn new things. Always be learning to sharpen your saw. 
by renewing the four dimensions of, of your nature, your physical, your spiritual, your mental, your social-emotional, emotion, you can work more quickly and effortlessly. So taking care of yourself, this whole fad, or, or this not really fad, but this idea of self-care as a, as a word that's being tossed around right now in our society. And it's true. Taking care of ourselves makes us better people for those that we're around. So that's been The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens by Stephen Covey. And now a word from today's sponsor. Do you have an unfinished creative work in your life? Are you starting a creative project? Are you overwhelmed, blocked, or uncertain? Are you struggling with where to go next? Live Happy Life Coach can help you overcome creative blocks that stand in the way of completing your projects, inspire you to think bigger and work more productively, overcome fears, doubts, and anxiety that distract our creative minds. For more information on Live Happy Life Coach, click the Life Coaching tab on BooksTravelLife.com. Now back to today's show. For today's travel segment, I'm going to talk about Paducah, Kentucky. What a neat little town at the northern part of Kentucky, bordering Illinois. Just a great little place to visit. Has tons and tons of things to do. Probably, It's probably most known for its National Quilt Museum. Probably something that I wouldn't visit it for personally. But it is known as a, uh, a main destination of, uh, for quilters and people that are interested in that kind of stuff with that art in mind. But the thing that really intrigued me about the city was the murals that are painted on the flood walls of the city. It basically discusses the the history of the area, how it was founded as a river town on the banks of the Ohio River. And most oftentimes it is uh, flooded during the springtime as, as the snow melts and floods in into that area but it's just really neat to see just taking time to walk along the river look at the artwork take pictures many local shops very neat boutiques and coffee shops and various other places to visit whenever you're there it also has a little amphitheater at the park on the banks of the river and various things for families to do so i i, I highly recommend Mendita for families as well one of the things that we we visited is the Etcetera Squared Coffee House or Coffee Shop in that area. Really enjoyed it. It's on Second Street in Paducah, and we had uh, some Cuban coffee. And my wife had a smoothie that was to die for. And one of the things um, that they had was a cinnamon bread, and uh, it was very moist, but it it was one of the best uh, cinnamon breads or cinnamon roll cakes, whatever you want to want to call it, I've ever had. Very great tasting and uh, and filling as well. Although we didn't have time to visit, there are also a variety of wineries in the area as well as a casino in Metropolis, Illinois, right across the river from Paducah. So lots to see in Paducah, lots to do, great family little town, great history. And you can't beat the vibe and feel of a river town. Books Travel Life strives to create harmony in the world by sharing our love of reading, exploring, and living. Do you have a suggestion for a book, a place to travel, or a life topic to discuss on the show? Let us know by emailing Jeremy at jeremy at bookstravellife.com. For today's life segment, I'm going to discuss my newest favorite beverage, coffee. 
I can remember as a kid going over to my grandma's house and she was still working at the time, probably in her early fifties. And she would always be sitting on her front porch having her cup of coffee. And I was probably four, five, six, maybe at the time. And, and she would always offer that glass of coffee or I would reach out for it. And I would, I would take a sip and I'd, I'd taste that nasty, bitter taste of coffee. And that, that image or that, that taste would always come back to me every time that I tried it, just that bitterness and, and gross. It must have been Folgers or Maxwell House. No, just, kid, just kidding. But I, I've been told by several of my friends that I am a coffee snob because I don't drink Folgers or I don't drink Maxwell House unless it's already brewed for me somewhere, and then I, I will drink it. But before I began to develop the taste for coffee and the love of coffee, I used to go to coffee shops and it seemed like my best work would come out of a couple hours spent inside of a coffee house or coffee shop or even Starbucks and I would have my hot chocolate and, and all the sugar and the calories that came with that and I, and then I just one day decided I was going to try coffee again and, and now I've grown to, to love the taste of it and drink way too much uh, during the day a lot of times. but. One of the things with that's came from my love of coffee is the, the desire to open my own coffee house or coffee shop. And as I've been doing research to do that, I know that I'm going to have to sell a heck of a lot of coffee to, to make ends meet. And I want to make my coffee shop unique that people want to visit and people want to have this atmosphere. And, and I want to create this atmosphere where people can be creative and collaborate and and do these wonderful things, change the world at my coffee shop. So my fascination for coffee has gone from nasty, bitter tasting to finally growing to love and respect and understand the differences for different coffees. And then finally to this idea of wanting to develop my own atmosphere or coffee shop that is unique. So I want to hear some of your ideas. How can I make my coffee shop unique? What what can I have on the menu? What building can I have? Should it be a mobile coffee house? I'm I'm open to ideas and I'm I'm going to explore that a little little bit more in next week's podcast for the life segment. We'll again be discussing coffee, a little history, and where it's farmed, how it's farmed and harvested and roasted. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Books Travel Life podcast. Look forward to seeing you next week so we can create harmony in the world by sharing the love of reading, exploring, and living. Have a great week.